I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, July 29, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So let's take a look at the bigger picture not a lot happened today the market traded in a very narrow range it's what we call an inside day what is an inside day the high and the low today was inside the high and the low from friday that's it it's an inside day no more no less don't read into it nothing happened today what's one of the reasons for that we're waiting on the fed kabuki theater of course we're waiting on the fed every time the fed is going to have their announcement on a wednesday afternoon monday and tuesday while the market might move around a little bit the majority of the time and we use the 80 20 rule for this 80 percent of the time the market doesn't do a whole lot trades rather quiet leading up to the fed we have kabuki theater the market jerks around we pick a direction and we go and that's kind of the script that happens over and over and over again not every time but about 80 percent of the time the 80 20 rule common sense market analysis just as a side note to illustrate the point that the 80 20 rule just doesn't apply to markets or to charts it applies to virtually everything here's the way i look at it i'm teaching my son how to trade it's an ongoing process so we talk about the 80 20 rule all the time so he questions me rightfully so when i say that he says well why is that so and i say well let's take a step back and look at it this way when you were a kid and you were playing shortstop You got a ground ball and you didn't follow your throw to first base. What happened the majority of the time? I came up short. Right. It's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, I'm not going to get the ball there unless I do it right. 80% of the time, if you don't study for an exam in school, you're not going to do well. That's just the way it works. So the market is no different. Almost everything we look at, you can apply to an 80-20 rule. We're going to look at a couple of other charts that we don't normally look at later. We're going to take a look at a couple of stocks that produce trades or didn't produce trades today. Either way, we'll take a look at a couple of charts that are setups or aren't they setups. And we're going to use the 80-20 rule in some of these cases to unravel these charts. Why are we doing that exercise? Because nothing happened in the market today. We're going to look at other charts. We're going to look further at the S&P. We're going to look at all the other markets we cover. But at the end of the day, we're waiting on the Fed. So how much is the market really going to move between now and Wednesday afternoon? It could move a lot, but the majority of the time, it's unlikely to move a lot between now and then. So therefore, let's use the time wisely. Let's focus back in on the daily chart of the S&P 500. We're in the uptrend. Nothing has changed. The question will begin or has begun to come up. Is it going to be a sell the news event? And at this point, it's almost like it's too obvious that it would be a sell the news event. Nobody would be surprised if the market went down after the Fed. So is it going to be a rope-a-dope and an acceleration to the upside? We'll see. How are we going to actually know where a top is? Well, we're not going to guess where it is. That's a fool's game. We have to wait for the market to actually reverse itself. It begins on smaller time frames. It matures. It metastasizes, shows up on an hourly chart, shows up on other charts, shows up on a daily chart. 
and you have something to trade against, which is the only way to run this business, certainly at new highs. Throw in the charts around the horn a little bit. Let's take a look at a 240-minute chart because we begin to see something that doesn't show up on the daily. The visual is, I see a gap. Not that we have to go run down and fill the gap, but it's obvious there's a gap. So we want to note the gap. It's not that far away. We have the Fed, Kabuki Theater. Markets can jerk around a little bit. We seem to be going sideways. We seem to be potentially eating some time off the clock, maybe letting price and the 20-period moving average converge. We're just noting there's a gap. What's the first thing that I see when I bring up a chart? What's the first thing that jumps out at me? That's what I want to focus on. We're above the moving averages, but I see the gap. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What happens when we pull up a 120-minute chart? This is a two-hour chart. We can see something pretty natural occurring. We can see the 20-period moving average working toward price or price working toward the 20-period moving average. There's really two components of a gap. We have where the gap begins. This was where we gapped up this particular day. That's the low of that day, also known as a gap window. And here would be where the gap is filled. Now, you'll notice that the gap window happens to coincide with the 20-period moving average, give or take. It will be slightly different as we move through the day on Tuesday and certainly Wednesday. But just pointing things out that I see, I want you to see what I see. You're in my mind. Put a helmet on. It's a dangerous place. But nevertheless, I'm just doing the data dump. Here's what's in my mind. We can decide what's important later. Let's just get out on the table what we see. We're learning how to read a different language. That's the entire point of everything in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. You like how I got that plug in there? Yeah, well, here's why I don't mind doing that. Because the information works. What's the deal when we take a look at the 60-minute chart? Well, we see something slightly different. We do see the makings of a bear flag pattern. As long as we stay below and closing hourly below the high of this breakdown candle that happens to be 301.93, then this traditionally will move down in the direction of what? Where this gap is. We don't know that we'll get there. Maybe it stops around the gap window. Maybe it comes halfway in between. But if, in fact, this is a bear flag pattern that is going to complete to the downside, then everything we just discussed on the last chart becomes relevant. You see how the puzzle begins to take shape? Just for fun, here's the Inside the Numbers 11.30 a.m. update. Look where we're focused on. We're already focused on what the likely resistance is for the remainder of the day. This is at 11.30 in the morning. Now, the market didn't go anywhere, but if it came up there, was it going to be rejected? Well, we would have known more information that was valuable to us if we busted through that area, or if not, if we were rejected from that area. How did we get up to that area if, in fact, we were going to get up there? All those things are information that when put together with the material in the course and the information provided to Inside the Numbers members every single day and throughout the day, you put those two things together with these videos, Recipe for Success, 
if you want it bad enough. Look at this one. We never look at a 30-minute chart, but you can see here it takes the hourly chart and it magnifies it. And you can see here we're essentially riding the 20-period moving average until and unless price can get above and close above that breakdown candle high. No dice. It's there or lower. And that's your decision tree. It's if then if price gets above a certain level it turns bullish if that doesn't happen the likely scenario is we go down to the lower level see anything different on a 15 minute chart not at all same routine as we give the spy a wrap net net can we grind higher up into the fed announcement and even through the fed announcement yes we can we're in an uptrend technically speaking there's nothing wrong with the market we talked about the only way that we can look for a short trade in this market. We'll leave it at that. On the downside, we can see from short-term perspective charts that we can favor the downside, but not all that much, just a little bit. Can we come back to check in at the 20-period moving average, which is rising each and every day? Yes, we can. Should we expect a lot out of the market between now and the Fed announcement? Under normal garden variety market conditions, 80-20 rule applies. Normally, not a lot. 20% of the time, we could get a big move leading up into the Fed announcement. That's my story. Sticking to it. Let's move on. Camp IWM. What's going on here? Right now, what's going on is we had a breakup candle. After the rocket ride off the 100 period moving average and getting above the trend line, now we're going back and forth. But in the process of going back and forth, and keep in mind, all while staying above all the moving averages, we're essentially building another bull flag pattern. Now, it could take a long time, it could fall apart. It could work out tomorrow. I'm just stating what I see when we bring up the chart. Interestingly enough, last week, based on Friday's close, they did close above that trend line. Now, we've got to do it again. They need to maintain and have follow through with higher prices. But it's interesting. That's step one for the bulls. Are we going to go sideways for another couple of days and then take off after the Fed announcement? That's completely possible. Are we going to go sideways for a couple of days and collapse after the Fed announcement? That's also possible. We don't know exactly what's going to happen after the Fed announcement. If we're up big into the Fed announcement, we may have to use the 80-20 rule to say, well, 80% of the time, within about a trading session or so, we're going to give a lot of that back. But we don't know that today. We won't know that until we get there. Look at the other side. The IWM was down, not down big, but it was still down against the spider today. My favorite market leading indicator is showing relative weakness. Why was that? It's a rhetorical question. We don't have an answer. We just notice it. We put it as a puzzle piece on the table and we move on. It didn't tell us a whole lot because the chart is still bullish. Technically speaking, nothing wrong with the daily chart of the IWM. How about taking a look at the VIX today? The VIX is hanging around down below all the moving averages. Each and every time it gets around or below 12, it seems to have the propensity to pop up a little bit. We got down below 12 on Thursday, making a low of 11.69, and here we are up at 12.83. But we're not going to make a federal case out of that. It's bearish. We're below all the moving averages. It's in a downtrend. That's what I see in the VIX chart. 
It is the mirror image of the SPY. The SPY is in an uptrend. The VIX is in a downtrend. We can certainly look through the other time frames and see again the mirror image of what we saw in the SPY. We're not going to do that with the VIX today, but just want to be of note that the VIX is bearish. However, I'm always watching for any anomalies that might occur. Making a stop down at the transportation department, did we get any information from the transportation department? Absolutely not. Same bus schedule, didn't miss a beat. How about out in Silicon Valley? Did we learn anything or gain any information from the queues? Not so much. Above all the moving averages, same routine. We're down 59 cents in the queues. We're not going to make a federal case out of it. There's nothing going on until there is between now and the Fed Wednesday afternoon. That's the way it is under normal garden variety market conditions. It applies to the spider. It applies to the queues. It applies to most everything across the board. After the Fed, different scenario. The financials, the XLF, same routine. Again, just a little bit extended from home base, i.e. the 20 period moving average. But at the same time, it's just down 24 cents. There's nothing wrong with this market. Certainly, the financials will be one of the most sensitive sectors among others within the S&P 500 to what the Fed does, doesn't do, says, or doesn't say. Between now and then, it's really just a bucket of jambalaya. How about the SMH? The Philadelphia Semiconductor Exchange Traded Fund. Nice little shimmy down to fill the gap and a nice rocket ride off that gap. There's your gap at 120.11. And on a 15-minute chart, the vertical line demarks everything to the right of that as today's trading activity. And look where you are. Right into the gap, rocket ride away from it. That's bullish behavior. We talk about this quite frequently. What happens when you hover down around the gap or what happens when price wants to run away from the gap. When price wants to run away from the gap quickly, price was headed to the gap to fill the gap and then get away from the gap. That was the objective. Each and every time price is going somewhere, we have an objective or it has an objective or a destination. In this case, from a short-term perspective, today's destination was the gap. Let's change lanes for a second. We're going to cover a couple of different charts. This one, EXAS, happened to be on Stocks on the Move this morning for Inside the Numbers members. You'll notice two numbers or two support lines on the chart, 108.05, 104.08. The stock closed Friday's session all the way up at 117.91. The stock was getting a nice big haircut at the open. Stay with me on this. There's a method to the madness. This has to do with something we just discussed. Not all the time will I have two price targets on a trade. When I do, it's for a reason because there's two price targets relatively close together and the reality that day is we don't know which destination the stock is headed to. These are my best estimation of where the stock is headed to. They could be headed lower, which is why we use a stop. So here's part of the point. A, we're headed to a destination, or in this case, EXAS is headed to a destination. I can't really see it on a short-term chart. I want to get a better visual as the stock is trading through an area I just bought, and it's trading through it pretty hard. So let's go through the thought process when you're getting taken out behind the woodshed first thing Monday morning. 
And before we look at another chart, let's also note something else. When there's two price targets that are available to purchase that are above the stop, price targets will always be above the stop. Many traders, me included, will take a partial position at the first target, leaving some dry powder to add at the second price level. In this case, making the average price 106. However, while it's dropping like a stone, doesn't make you feel any better. You have to do some investigative work. Instead of panicking out of a position, take a look at the bigger picture. Where is it headed? What's the destination? If I had destination one or two wrong, what's the third destination? What's around the stop? What's slightly below the stop? Where could this thing be headed? What's my safety net? You have to manage the business. You have to manage a trade. You have to manage your emotions. All those three things work together. Let's get a bird's eye view. What's going on on the daily chart? Well, let's identify what my levels mean to me on the daily chart. They mean a couple of other things, but for the purposes of this video, here's what they mean. First, for reasons I won't divulge here, 108, in my estimation early this morning, was a pretty good support level. Why can't I divulge why? Because it didn't work. What was my backup? Where did it go? Well, you obviously see the 100 period moving average. That's obvious. But also, here's a breakout area. What do markets like to do? They like to come back and test former breakout and former breakdown areas. Now, we broke out here. Who's to say we broke out above or below this area here? But here's what I do know. What I do know is when the market ran up to this price here, whatever that exact price is, the market said, the chart said, Somebody said that price is extremely important and the market, in this case EXAS, was rejected at that price and was rejected pretty hard. So when we went through it again, that becomes the breakout area. So what do we like to do? We like to come down and test former breakout and former breakdown areas. Now this one went a little bit farther. Why? Because this morning, the destination in mind was the 100 period moving average, period, full stop. You don't know that at 8 o'clock in the morning. You don't know that at 9 o'clock in the morning. That's just the way trading works. That's why we have stops, and that's why on this particular trade, you'll see the stop is an hourly close below $103. 10.30 is the close of the first hour. The closing price is 104.25, and we took off from there. We never closed an hour below the stop. The stop is not arbitrary. It's there for a reason. And then could anybody have been able to tell that we would have ran up to fill the gap left open from Friday's close? Of course not. That would have been impossible. This is what we call, and this is a technical term, and this is mainly because the low of the day was about 101.40, I believe. But in technical terms, we call this a freaking ridiculous move. But that's not the point. The point is this. The point was to go through the trade, understanding the thought process, what we're looking at, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, which is the same as everybody else, by the way. But I know where my safety nets are, and I know what happens 80% of the time. 20% of the time, I know the other side. I get it. But 80% of the time, I know what's going to happen when it gets to final destination. It's going to rip away from it. Stock that was down, whatever percentage it was down at the time, 12, 13, 14%, down 16, $17 for the day, 
80% of the time, there's going to be a rip. What's a rip? It's going to find a low. It's going to find some buyers. There's going to be some short covering. And there's going to be a rip-roaring rally as a result of the shorts having to cover. That's what creates a rip. Not every time, but a lot of the times. How about this one? We're going to do another one. This is Autodesk. Different chart, different setup, different reason, different lesson. So here, the first thing that jumps out at me on the chart is big down move, bear flag pattern. That's the first thing I see, bear flag pattern. But I also see the fact that this stock is down a lot. I need more information. I've got to see a larger time frame. As suspected, but even worse than I suspected when I bring up the 60-minute chart. So now I see slightly different picture. Now I see a stock, instead of a bear flag pattern, that would have produced another move to the downside, a continuation move to the downside. When I look at the hourly chart, I see a stock that may have put in at minimum of a temporary bottom and maybe trying to work its way higher. Look at the size of this breakdown candle. This is again an anomaly. This is the 80-20 rule, only this is the other side. This is in the 20% camp. 20% of the time, you get a candle that looks like this, not normal. 80% of the breakdown candles look like this, or like this, or on the left, you see this one here, this one here, this one here. And if you can't see what I'm referring to, it's over here on the 12th, uh, this one's also on the 15th in the morning. This one is on the 16th in the morning. So you can see those are the norm. This is not the norm. That doesn't mean the stock is going up or down. We just want to take in all the information that's on the chart. We'll process it later. Think of it like this. It's a smaller puzzle in order to put this together to see the bigger picture in the bigger puzzle. Here's the bigger puzzle, for example. We look at a weekly chart of Autodesk. The weekly chart is now pointed down, or it looks to be breaking down below the 20-period moving average. If we close by Friday, which is a long way off, if we close below the 20-period moving average, and certainly below the low of this breakup candle then we'll have lower prices to go in Autodesk. So right now on the weekly chart, it looks like we're coming down. It looks like there's lower prices to come or at least some more consolidation. Maybe it's working its way toward the 50 period moving average. That's what jumps off the page at me on the weekly chart. It's not terrible. It's not necessarily in a downtrend. Longer term, Autodesk is in an uptrend. But from a short-term perspective, and the first thing that I see on the weekly chart is not necessarily bullish. Back to the hourly chart, that's not what I see on the hourly chart. On the hourly chart is, I see a stock that got killed, looks like it put in at least a temporary low, looks like it's working off some of an oversold condition. Look how stretched it was from its home base on the hourly chart. It's 20-hour moving average. It was stretched pretty far from the 20-period moving average. So it's common, normal, garden-variety market behavior to try and work its way back up toward or at least eat some time off the clock and let the 20-period moving average work down toward price or at the same time, price is working its way toward or up toward the 20-period moving average. So it depends on what your perspective is. It depends on what time frame you're looking at you get a different view of what's on the chart that's why we have to look at all the different time frames 
to put together a trade. And that, my friends, is a pretty good place to pull the ripcord tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.